Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Heart for Teaching. Today I'm so excited to bring you Elizabeth Housen. Elizabeth is an 18-year veteran teacher who likes to add a little bit of flair to her lessons. From flashlight reading to riding the trail in a wagon train, she wants her students to love learning history, even the hard stuff. She presents to other teachers on the fun she can create in the classroom and the smiles that she and her students share. You won't want to miss a minute of this episode. Elizabeth is so exciting and fun. And you will enjoy the wisdom that she shares about how to bring the flair to your classroom, even on those tough or boring days. Join us for Our Heart for Teaching with Miss Elizabeth Housen. Welcome to another episode of Our Heart for Teaching. Today, I'm so excited to bring you Elizabeth Housen, and we are back at the beginning of school. Elizabeth, how are you? I am amazing. I had a great summer relaxing, hanging out with family, doing lots of reading, and so I cannot wait to get the school year started. I am at the same point too. I'm like at the, I like my sleep and I like my chill time, but I'm really excited to meet the new kiddos and, and see what this year is going to bring. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? And um, who you are in education? Well, hey y'all. Obviously I'm from Texas. <laughs> I am Elizabeth Housen, uh, the person behind Housen History. And so I teach currently eighth grade U.S. history. I always say currently because they can switch know. us. Yeah. yeah. Never know where you're going to move to. Um, I will be starting my 18th year. Super excited. Lots of new ideas to bring in. I attend lots of different PD, go to different stuff. So I'm excited to bring that in. I also am our middle school representative for the Texas Council for Social Studies. I want to put that out there because if you are in Texas and if you are in social studies, you definitely need to join our group lots of different things that we do to help. So Texas Council for Social Studies, something you definitely want to be a part of. Awesome. And please social state teachers, take that into note, get connected. The more connections we have, the better. Awesome. Well, Elizabeth, I always like to start out by talking about what it was like when you were a kid in school. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Like, how did you end up becoming a teacher and doing this forever? Like, what was it like in school? Oh, that is such a loaded question. <laughs> because on one side, you're like, you remember the, oh, no, this was not great. And then on the other side, you think of those great moments. So I'm going to go with that. I had some of the best reading teachers. I'm going to start with reading. Reading different books, historical fiction was always what I was drawn to. And I remember walking into class and I would have a reading teacher and she would just have like pool floats out and she'd be like, pick one for the day and we're just going to lay out and read. And it was so amazing. And so I got started with that. Uh, when I went to college, I actually started out as a theater education major, go figure. And then in college, I took a really awesome science class and switched to science. Okay. And the next science class. So I switched then to 
to reading to do English because I had an awesome English teacher. And then I ended up in history because I looked back thinking about the social studies teachers I had and how much fun I had learning in there and was like, you know what, I think I want to bring that, that little oomph into social studies that I got with my reading. And so that's kind of where I ended up, like just following a journey that lots of different changes in my mind, but I ended up here in U.S. history. <laughs> I think though the changes in your mind though is just like the perfect picture of what it really is because none of us like will usually don't have the like you know just like when you're little well I want to be a firefighter no I want to be an astronaut no I want to do this like so I think just like modeling even for your students like yes we can change our minds and it's okay because we're eventually going to get there you know and then we'll find like our right place and I absolutely love too that you bring the fun to your history class because that's what I wish that I had <laughs> I did not fall in love with history um because they lacked that flair that you bring into your classroom but I I I love listening to history teachers now because it's like oh my god your class is actually fun I wish when I was a kid that I would have had this because then I would appreciate it so much more um oh yeah like the number of students that come in and just roll their eyes like oh she's gonna try and by the end of the year I'm like there you go we had an awesome time and they're like yeah yeah we did well tell us a little bit about some of the the things that you do because I know you're known for your flair and your history classroom so tell us a little bit about that and how you bring the fun to your history class I so I'm gonna actually start with when I hit year 13 there's that number number 13 that could be a really bad number or a really good number right and so i hit year 13 and i was like this is it i'm gonna go all in i'm not gonna care what anybody thinks about how i look yes but, yeah <laughs> i say that because if you follow me on social media you know i like to wear all the different costumes i think my inflatable horse costume is definitely a favorite um, that I go outside and do like parent pickup, waving at kids and parents as they go. But love this. It's it's hard. Like it's hard having that thought of people are gonna walk by and wonder. Like when I do perspective and I paint my face, you know, happy one side and sad the other. And oh, by the way, the uh, fire marshal showed up that day to talk to me. And oh my, you know, I didn't even realize. But I just. I decided at that moment, I'm going to go all in and I'm going to have fun and I'm going to close my door if I have to. If somebody is going to come by that's not going to be supportive of it, this is my classroom and we're just going to do the things that we need to do. And that was a year of huge transformation for me where it's going to be all out there. And it was also a year that I picked up really using social media and getting ideas from that because you know, social media could pull you down because you think, oh, I'm not as good, but it could lift you up in so many ways. And so I looked at it as a way to lift me up and a way to share with others, but also a way to get ideas. And I followed a bunch of elementary school teachers and they were doing the wagon trains where they put a hula hoop over desks and and put a white sheet over it and the kids sit under a wagon. And I was like, I teach eighth graders, but that looks like fun. Right. So we try it. And I get the eighth graders that come in and they're, oh, and they might roll their eyes, but they have so much fun. And 
I'll never forget, I had a student and it's every year, but one last year specifically, he saw the lights were off and he just knew, he goes, oh, we're gonna be doing something fun today. And I'm like, yeah, we are, we're reading the constitution. It's really hard, but I made it look fun. And I engaged you into that fun. And so it really started in year 13 and it's just continued and really grown into just, I wanna smile and I wanna enjoy every day and if i can enjoy it then the students are going to enjoy it too so that's just kind of where it blossomed from and it just keeps growing and i'm so blessed that i have people i work with that support that and i have other history teachers that i work with where now we're like flipping kids in and out and they'll set up their room and i'll set up mine and we just switch and go and the kids have fun and we have fun and to me that's what it's all about i love that and you said like a lot of great stuff uh, one thing I want to point out is you said you actually learn from elementary teachers. You mean middle school and high school teachers can actually gain wisdom from what they do? Oh, all of the time, like elementary school teachers and God bless them. I say that because I could never do it. Like I know I am certified eight through 12 for a reason. I can handle that attitude. I can handle those kids. They have that special part inside of them that's like, how do I engage kids? What do I do? I love going to elementary school PDs and learning new stuff. Do we up the rigor for middle school? Yes. Do we change what we're reading? Yes. But I can do a glow game just as well as they can. And my middle school kids love it. They might act like they're too cool cool but they love it and i've taught high school too and they're the same way they're like oh yeah that was a lot of fun i know it's harder in middle school and high school though because we go in those 50 minute blocks and so setting up for just one day always makes it hard to transform your room like that so that's why like if you hook up with your teachers that teach the same subject and we might set up my room as a transformation room with the wagon trains and then the room next door he's teaching content he's doing a picture analysis but he doesn't have to have it set up and so i get to do this whole transformation for two days with my students and his students and we just flip the kids around and so it, i get to get really good at the things i do and he gets really good at the things he does and the kids benefit in both worlds so we love it that's amazing because you're taking the best of you and the best of them and you're working together and like um because one thing i know lots of schools are like it's not my kids it's all of our kids whether they're in your room or not and i feel like y'all are just embracing that and and that culture building like y'all truly sound like a family there well, and the idea that not everybody has to be exactly the same teaching wise, like I put ideas out there and I'm like, hey, use it, take it, whatever you want, whatever you need, but also recognize that you have those things inside of you that make you an awesome teacher too. So my teacher next door, he is a great storyteller. He's great at working with that. And so he might not have all the props and the flashlight reading, but those kids love it going in there too. And so we just kind of play to our strengths and work with it that way. And this year we are super lucky because we have a third teacher that is going to be on board. So we're going to kind of rotate. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and we want to do more. We did it at least every unit last year and this coming up year we're like let's let's try to do as often as we can so all the kids benefit all the way around so 
I love that. And one of the things that you said that like, I want all teachers to just hear is we do not all have to be the same. Like my strengths aren't your strengths, aren't your strengths. Like be you embrace what your strengths are and like bring that awesomeness to the classroom. And and no, and if you know what they are, don't be afraid with trying new stuff with that. Cause I, Because on the flip side, I always worry saying it and people go, oh, well, I'm not that type of teacher. I'm like, no, you take your type of teacher and you try new stuff with that type and you have fun with that. And so once you embrace that idea that it's okay to try something new, Mm -hmm. I'm starting year 18. I try new stuff all the time and I make mistakes. I think people are so afraid of making a mistake. I'm like, nope. I just say, hey, kids, let's fix it for next time. And we we move on. Exactly. And that's like an amazing process for them too, because how many of those kids come in and don't even want to try because, oh, well, it might not be perfect. Like just do something. We can work with it, you know, and there's always next time you get better and you improve, you know, I love that. I absolutely love that. Awesome. I feel like you're kind of like answering this, but can you tell us a little bit more about like, if you had to put your whole, like why you do what you do into like this big, like, well, this is my, why this is my purpose. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Uh, Ooh. um, There's so many whys in there and so many answers to give. I was definitely, I talk a lot. I'm a loud student, but I was also an invisible student. Like people looked at me and already made these assumptions of, oh, here's how they are not really knowing what was going on inside, what was going on at home and things like that. And so I really latched on as a student to being better and doing better because I wanted better and I wanted better for my, my future self. And so anytime I even think about lessons or I think about a thought process or what we're going to do, the idea is that I want students to know you can always want better and do better and be better. And no matter what a circumstances that you are in, and I teach social studies, so I can use so many examples, no matter that circumstance that you are in, you can do things to want better and be better and do better. And so I just hope that when I teach and I, and I hit those kids that I don't know every kid's story, you might try, you build those relationships and you try and you try and you try, but you might have a kid like me who is not gonna let you really know what's going on, you know? And so I just hope that I crack that just a little bit so that they can see a future beyond a circumstance that they're put in is, is my goal and my why. And and I let kids know that, like I, I, I let them know the honest truth that you might look at me and think, you know, but you don't know, just like I don't know about y'all. So let's see what we can, we can do better and be better. So that's, that's kind of awesome. my, I, I love that. Other ones. <laughs> and I think that that purpose is going to really stick with the kids too, especially the, you know, you can change what is, you can make your own difference and like you don't have to stay the way that you know well my parents were this way and my grandparents were this way and like you can be the one who's just going to transform it and that's beautiful yeah no and that not you know some of us we don't want others to know and it's okay if you don't want others to know what it is but just know that you can make it better exactly that idea behind it 
So you mentioned too, like that you were, and this really vibed with me because I felt like an invisible kid as well. And, you know, everybody judged me, but had no clue who I was either. Um, and I feel like that's a very big commonality. Um, we make assumptions about people. So how do you work with some of your invisible kiddos to try to start to, as you said, make a little crack in that? And I think number one, and I say this all the time, well, one and two, I guess, number one, like I stand at the door and I am the happiest morning person. If anybody really knows me, they know that's not true. It is, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Like I could have had the worst morning, but I'm going to start with a smile for the kids. That makes it a big deal. Do I get the side eye stink eye from eighth graders? Oh yeah. But later they're always like, yeah, that, that I really like it. Or if I'm not in a good morning, morningy mood, they're like, Miss Housen, is something wrong? So I think just showing them first that niceness and that kindness just to every kid. And then number two, being there, like I try and I can't make everything, but I try to show up for the band concert, the theater, the the football games you know i'm the loudest one in the stands yelling or after you know band cheering for them so i try to be there for that and then just talking to them of like oh what'd you do this weekend oh you're playing soccer where'd y'all go oh i didn't make it but but how did it go you know just talking to them like normal humans like i have some of the best conversations with kids that are 14 and listening, like just listening to what they have to say, because they'll start opening up and they'll start talking. And I don't start with digging deep. I just start with normal conversations <laughs> of what's going on. And I wait for them to ask questions. And I try to be honest and vulnerable with them so that they can know that they can be honest and vulnerable with me. And, and I take notes. I, I have notes on kids that I'm like, Hey, I need to check up on this to remind myself, you know, when you got 150 kids coming in and out, you don't remember everything. So I take notes in my, in my planner of different kids and what I need to check up on so that I make sure I'm making that contact with all of them and, and getting to know them. And not every kid wants to be your best friend and that's okay, but you should still talk to them. And you should still ask them questions and see what they're doing and things like that. I love that. And that building connections piece, that's one of my goals to really improve and be phenomenal, hopefully with this year, because that can be hard and intimidating too, um, especially for more introverted teachers like myself, who it's like, I don't want to like invade your personal space, but you know, so I love that. And I love some of the strategies and I've also taken notes in a planner and I think that's huge. And just the, the showing up for them means the world to the kiddos like more than we would think that it would matter but oh yeah when I worked in he I, I first started working in the school I went to so it was you know not a best area school as they would say but I loved it I grew up there I loved my school <laughs> loved the teachers I had but when I started teaching there and I went to everything kids said it they were like yeah you're there like my mom can't come but you can come and I'm like heck yeah I'm gonna be there and I'm gonna be cheering you on with what you're doing so it's just important for them to know that somebody's in the stands cheering for them so I try <laughs> that's awesome I love it so 
transitioning just a little bit, thinking more big picture with everybody in our education world. Teaching is hard. You've been in it for 18 years. I've been in it for 15 years. Um, we know that it's hard. We know that it's changes like nonstop. Um, what is some advice that you would have for the teachers, especially now that we're starting a brand new year? What is some advice that you have for them to just really stick with it and, and not quit and burn out like at the beginning? I, once I really opened myself up, I, I well, I'm going to back up. Sorry. I moved to six schools in seven years. My husband, we had lots of job transfers. It was rough. And so once we got to about number three, I was like, I'm tired of meeting people. I'm just going to stay in my lane and not talk to people. And so I really sheltered myself. I've learned though that I have to open myself up and I have to make connections with other teachers because they're the ones that are keeping me going, having those friendships, having those people I can talk to. And it's not always people at the same campus. It's, and it's not even people that I've met in person. Some of the people that I talk to the most, and I say talk in quotes, cause it's really direct messaging them back and forth are people on social media, finding people that you're like, oh my God, goodness, I love what they're thinking. I love where they're going. I'm going to ask them a questioning and, and open up that way. Once you find those people that are going to be your support system and they don't have to be in your grade level, they don't have to be in your subject. They just have to be there to support you and listen to you. Sometimes I need to walk in and say, oh my goodness, let me tell you what happened today just so I can get it out and then move on to other great stuff. But just having that, that group to help support you. I am blessed last year. I worked with a brand new teacher her first year and she came over a lot to just talk and we would talk about different stuff and she'd get advice and I would ask her for advice. She's a new teacher. She's young. Hey, what do you think of this idea? And she really brought that oomph back to me that, Hey, I love being here. And now way younger than me, obviously like two decades younger than me. I was already married with kids before she graduated high school. I, she's one of my best friends, I would say, you know, somebody that I look at and I admire and think she's an amazing teacher and it, she's going into year two. So definitely find people that can support you. And if you can't find them right next door, find them in your campus, find them in your community, find them on social media, go ahead, send me a friend request, ask me a question, I will support you. Because that's what we are all here to do to help one another and support one another through this journey of teaching, because it is a journey, you know, there's no start point or stop point, it just keeps going. And so that, you know, that's what I would say, find that group that can help you through it. I love that. And you mentioned the community and how it's not necessarily just, you know, your team or even your campus, but really reaching out onto social, um, social media. And that's where truly your PLN is going to start to really grow because then you realize, oh, it's not just my tiny little here space. And you just sharing those ideas is scary at first, yes. <laughs> but when you start to do that, like it's, you know, 
it's it's fun you grow you get ideas and i think one of the things with starting on social media is like well you can just like twitter stalk them or whatever <laughs> and like you never have to comment yet until you're ready but you're seeing those ideas and you know oh yeah i i, I always say i'm like i have some of the best friends on social media who don't even know they're my best friend but I feel like we have this connection. Right. And and I love seeing their stuff. And I literally have not commented very much. And I've never sent them a direct message. But I feel in my heart like we are teaching twins. And when they do something great, I am cheering for them. And it's just the best thing ever. I love that. I love that. And do you have any encouragement for those teachers who are just like, really scared to kind of step out of their comfort zone and try to start that connection process with others because you know we're very isolated and it's like this is my room and let me do my thing and like you know we may go through a whole week with hardly seeing anybody it's just the reality of what we do um I I mean on social media, just, just make the comments and like stuff. I, I recognize that I'll like scroll through and I won't, I'm like, Oh, that's a great idea, but I won't like it or I won't comment. And so now I'm trying to make a better point of this is great. Or here's my little three hearts of, Oh, I love it. And, and asking them questions and I'm behind a keyboard. So I feel like I can be ask more questions (laughs) if I need to, uh, and move, move from that. And, I would also say, you know, if you can find somebody like in person in your district who's going to support what you're doing, you don't need everybody to support some of the ideas. And I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, there's some stuff that I've done where, like I set up, I, I use the wagon example. We've done camp campfires. They're fake fires. They plug into the wall. They're battery operated. Um, but I've had some people go, oh, you don't really need that. They should just be reading the primary sources. And then I've had somebody else walk in and go, that's awesome. I'm going to concentrate on the, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And not the, oh, we don't really need that. And so I just kind of go there in my thinking, you know, trying to remember, okay, somebody's being supportive. Hey, why didn't you come see this and look at what we're doing and know that even those people that are putting stuff on social media, like myself, I try to be very honest. This was not perfect, guys. Here's what I need to change for next year. You know, look for those people that are being honest with what's going on. So that, because you know that they're going to tell you the truth. And I promise you, people are a lot nicer than you might think. You're like, oh, they don't want to give me the time of day. No, they will. Like they do and they will. And they, they love when you reach out and ask questions. They'd be more than happy to help. I love that. I love that. And Lastly, can you share like self-care has been kind of like a big thing lately, especially in teacher world. Um, Can you share some strategies that you use when you just kind of get overwhelmed and like stressed out or, you know, having one of those rougher days? Uh, So I'm a reader and I I love books and I I love self-help books. I've really gotten into them lately. And so one of the people I follow is Todd Nesloni. He's from Texas. Yes. Todd Todd. is awesome. Follow him. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, and so anything he writes, I go in and read, I'm like, here we go. And so they just published the, um, in this season book. And so that's been my new thing. Like I just go to a new page every day and it's like today was on, um, being you, right. Just being you. 
And so I flipped to that page and I just spent the 20 minutes reflecting on it and reading it and kind of writing down the things from it that I need. And one of the things it talks about in there is that I am deserving and I am worthy. And that's something that I have always struggled with. I get that if people look, they're like, oh, no, you no, y'all, I struggle with this idea that that I am deserving of praise. Somebody praises me and I'm like, oh, no, not a big deal. But I am deserving and I am worthy and I do have amazing things. And it took that book to really talk to me. And so for my self-care, it's, it's going to those things that can speak to me, those, those books that say, hey, you got it and you can get it. And, and so those things are that help me. And then my other self-care is just talking to my friends and finding that group of people that, that understand what I'm going through. My husband is a big, like, I get it. You need to go out with your teacher friends. You know, y'all go to Starbucks and hang out. He's big on go do that. I get it. And so I'm able to have those moments of sitting down and chatting and we talk school, but then we go into life and it's just amazing to have a support system around you. I love that. Thank you so much for that. And you shared so many awesome ideas and you're very encouraging and bubbly. I love that. Like we need more <laughs> happy teachers who are truly, truly passionate and excited about what we do. Um, so I'm just fake it till you make it guys. I, I'm a optimist, but I'm such a pessimist <laughs> and I'm a realist, but especially that theater background comes back in of if I got to pretend to be happy, I'm going to pretend. And within an hour, I really am happy and laughing. So if you got to fake it till you make it to get started, fake it till you make it. That's awesome. I love it. And Elizabeth, how can our listeners get connected with you on social media or how can they get in touch with you if you, if they would like to hear more about the the flair that you bring to your history. I was trying to think the right word that you use. Um, how can they get connected with you? So I am House in History on all social media platforms. So Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. I will go back to posting every day in my classroom on Instagram. If you want to see what we do on the daily so you can see the good, the bad, and the, uh-oh, we need to change that. That's what I call it. Um, so you can get on there and see that and always send me a message. I would be more than happy to help with anything that you need or want, things like that. So yeah, house and history. Oh, and I started new YouTube videos. I try to keep them quick, except you can tell I like to talk a lot. So <laughs> on just little tidbits of knowledge that I've gained in the past 17 years, you know, I have a notebook set up creating your first seating chart. You might not think it's important, but it's super important. Different stuff like that, classroom management. So you can check that out on YouTube also. Awesome. I love it. And I'm so excited for you pushing yourself this year because I know that you've taken a lot of firsts and and the fact that, you know, you finally agreed to be on the podcast, like super excited about that. I was so nervous. I was like, I'm not, no, do you hear me talk? But I'm just going to do it. I love that. And other teachers who are listening, like, please like come and share your story because yours are important too. And just like Elizabeth here, like, it's no big deal. We have fun and we talk education and have a great time. And like, I know I've gotten a lot out of listening to you share your passion and your heart for education and hopefully our listeners as well. So like, don't be scared to come on. Like this, this is just fun. It's super fun. Yeah. So. Yes. 
And I love that, you know, as an 18 year veteran teacher, you're like pushing yourself to try new things that most people are like, oh no, I can't do this. Like, yeah. Like, and like I said, you just close that door and do your thing. You got it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. This was super fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. You have been listening to Our Heart for Teaching, where we explore our purpose and our why in the field of education. If you would like more information or to share your own purpose in education, be sure to connect with me on Twitter at A Heart for Teaching. I look forward to hearing from you soon and please tune in to the next episode of Our Heart for Teaching.